This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 Monday afternoon, February 27th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The week ahead features data on housing, inflation, and the strength of the U.S. consumer. We cover that in our next segment. But right now, it's the final day push ahead of tomorrow's municipal election in Chicago. Let's get the latest from Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thank you for joining us today. And uh, based on the uh, the, your Facebook memories section, my Facebook memories section at least, it was the video of that Lightfoot campaign volunteer dancing in the background of a uh, TV live shot on election night, which was four years ago today, uh, when Mayor Lightfoot, then candidate Lori Lightfoot, was uh, almost on a glide path to uh, City Hall about to uh, deliver a daily-esque uh, uh, whomping of uh, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle in 2019. And my... Greg, how fortunes have turned. Uh, yeah, they have. Now, keep in mind that uh, what you're referencing is uh, is uh, the, the celebration after the uh, second round of the election in April. Uh, it was much closer in the first round, which is what we're in now, and there's no question that uh, this mayor is fighting for political life right now. She's uh, scrambling and uh, and appealing and uh, posturing and jumping up and down to everything else candidates do, but it's no, by no means certain that she's going to make it. She could, but it ain't a lot. Is that just kind of the life in the big city is especially in the uh, instant runoff era, that uh, you may uh, win the second round by an overwhelming margin, but just because the field is wide open to so many people, uh, it's just going to be a fact of life that you as the incumbent might squeak through with maybe 20% of the vote or 17 or 18 and then uh, win by a much more substantial margin the next time around? Yeah, it is in part a reflection of of, 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 uh, uh, changing situation. This also has to do with the fact that you have different issues now than you did four years ago. Four years ago, what was dominating the headline was uh, was the Ed Burke uh, uh, scandal, the Mike Madigan scandal. People in Chicago were, were desperately looking for somebody that thought would go into City Hall and drain the swamp, and Lightfoot probably promised to bring the light, and that's what uh, she was able to just squeak into the runoff and then uh, clobber Tony practical in the general because uh, she was perceived as, as more of a reformer than Tony. This time, the issues are entirely different. The issue is crime. And, you know, we can we could talk forever about how much of that is Lori Lightfoot's fault and how much of that is a bad situation she inherited because of COVID. But it's certainly what's on people's mind. And interestingly, it appears to be really driving older people to uh, uh, to the polls. Uh, the early turnout figures so far are, is very heavily, I mean, just extraordinarily weighted in, in favor of people over 65, who I suspect are uh, are more concerned about crime than the younger people who are turning out in much lower numbers. 
is uh, clearly laser-focused on crime, and as a result of that, uh, seems to be almost uh, certain to make the runoff after tomorrow night. But uh, even though his commercials are really uh, polishing his uh, Democratic bona fides, uh, he had answered some questions about his uh, Twitter account, especially some uh, posts that he liked from other people that uh, seemed to fly in the face of that, uh, yes, I'm a capital D Democrat uh, image he's portraying on TV. Yeah, the, the, this first round is the easy part for Paul Vallis. Uh, if he makes it into the second round, and that now appears quite likely, he's going to face all kinds of other questions because he's kind of conservative by Chicago standards. Uh, and the question is, how conservative? Uh, does the city want to elect another another white mayor in a city that's increasingly populated with minorities? Um, does it want to represent somebody who's uh, elect somebody who's close to the police union, which he, which he is? Um, he's going to have to deal with all that, and he's capable of it, depending on, uh, on who, uh, who the opponent is that's running against him. But uh, he's going to have a much harder time of it, I, I predict, in the, the second round than he did in the first. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thank you for joining us uh, uh, this afternoon with one day to go until all the votes are counted in round one of the municipal election tomorrow night. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The report on orders for durable goods and data on pending home sales is out today, while the week ahead will include the latest numbers on consumer confidence and construction spending. Let's check in with Bob Brusca, chief economist with Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Bob Bob, thank you for joining us today. Uh, let's talk about pending home sales, uh, which uh, uh, is good or a mixed bag, depending on uh, your reference point. Uh, pending home sales jump by the most since June of 2020, signs of a rebound in the housing market, but still substantially lower compared to a year ago. Yeah, it's hard to know what that means. Um, you know, uh if you look at the existing home sales data, for example, the stock of homes for sale has been extremely low. And um, we, on the other hand, have had some pickup in new home sales because the home builders have a little bit of flexibility in their pricing. I mean, if you look at houses, home prices have gone up so sharply uh, you know, during COVID that now with the rate of, of change going down, slowing down, there's probably an awful lot of fluff in uh, you know, in, in the home prices that allow home builders to uh, to recontract. On the other hand, existing homes are being sold by, you know, you and me. And we don't know anything about this, except we know what the house down the street sold for, and we think ours should sell for that. And so, you know, you need to get some kind of a, a deal between people who are buying and people who are selling, and they need to have some agreement on what makes sense. And that's just hard to do during a period where, you know, prices are falling where they're not going up as much and where the market is kind of in turmoil. And then, of course, the mortgage rates are higher than what people were used to paying, which causes payments to be higher, even if prices are not. And then when it comes to uh, durable goods orders, uh, they sink uh, 4.5%. That's more than the uh, 3.6% predicted uh, when economists were polled by the Wall Street Journal. But uh, in this case, you can blame it on Boeing. Well, you always. I mean, that, that's, where the, that's where the volatility comes from. If you take the, the aircraft figures out of these, uh, you get a lot less volatility. So um, that's also where the upside came from. So you know, if you look at a stable series without the Boeing, without the aircraft orders in them, it's a, it's a lot more stable. And, of course, um, it's weaker. And so people are trying to figure out where we're really headed with the economy, and the data continues to, to you know, prevaricate. 
But uh, you, you definitely need to take the aircraft figures out of these. I know you're in Chicago and now Boeing's headquartered there, but uh, at least for now, sorry, it's just not uh, part of the macro environment for the, most of the U.S. economy. Well, when it when it comes to uh, the business investment, is this simply a case of uh, businesses getting a jump start on uh, some of their larger capital expenditures just because the weather, the winter weather, has been milder than normal, or is this a case of they're talking recession but doing something else? Well, I think firms are uh, not talking recession and doing something else. They, you know, the tech firms have been letting people off. And so that, that's pretty much worse about recession to me. Um, uh, firms are concerned about the future, and this is a problem. If enough people are concerned about the future, they will make a recession, even if there wasn't going to be one coming. Now, I think there is a problem, and, you know, this gets to be really complicated. You know, just, just 22 months ago, we had the biggest boom in M2 growth and money supply growth that we've had since the 1960s. And now the most recent money supply figures are contracting for the first time on that same timeline. We have gone in 22 months from the biggest boom in money supply growth to the biggest bust in money supply growth. So is it any wonder, given that money supply affects the economy with a lag, that, that the economy is acting squirrely and nobody really knows what's going to happen next? It's a very confusing environment. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. And uh, coming up next, speaking of uh, things acting squirrely, a much-hyped movie makes its debut as a Marvel Universe film fades. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The motion picture Cocaine Bear, boosted by social media buzz, made its debut over the weekend. Let's check the numbers with Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us today. Number two at the box office this weekend behind Ant-Man, the sequel. Uh, So, Cocaine Bear, it's a hit. Yeah. It's a hit. It's amazing to have a movie like this, really kind of a throwback to the B-movies and grindhouse films of the 70s and 80s, and to come from a major studio, okay? This is Universal Pictures, Universal putting out this film. It's really interesting because you wouldn't think in a pitch meeting this would pass muster, but now I think we're going to see more studios getting on board because audiences it's not always about sequels and known IP. Sometimes it's about wanting to see an edgy, offbeat movie that offers a a challenging and yet fun for some experience in the movie theater. Well, this was a movie that was definitely an online darling. People were talking about it on Twitter and other social media sites. And just due to the fact that it exceeded expectations, uh, Cocaine Bear avoided the fate of Snakes on a Plane, which was the uh, <laughs> online darling of its time, and uh, but but undershot expectations when it was released in the summer right. of 2006. So if you're a major studio and you think online buzz is going to get us over the line, uh, that's not necessarily the case. Not always. And you make a great reference there to Snakes on a Plane, and 
you know, the animal kingdom well represented this weekend with Ant-Man and the Wasp and Cocaine Bear. And then it was an interesting weekend as well because you had a film like Jesus Revolution for the faith-based audience that also overperformed. So you have a Marvel superhero movie at the top of the chart. You have Cocaine Bear and very R-rated offbeat. I don't even know how you categorize this film. Sort of a comedic horror slasher grindhouse movie. And then you have Jesus Revolution for the faith-based audience. And all did well. Ant-Man had a pretty sizable second weekend drop, but still the number one film this weekend. And uh, again, Cocaine Bear, I think, is a great story because it does show, Rob, like you said, the Internet can be your friend or it can be your foe or, you know, social media. In this case, it gave the film a big boost. I think this movie wasn't even on a lot of people's radar until like this past week. And then it just blew up big. And they had a great weekend for theaters with this Cocaine Bear movie. And and this brings in, very quickly, Paul, this brings in a, a, a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. And that is what the movie theater industry was missing, and maybe it's coming back, is the movie that I like to call... Let's go see a movie movie, not one that you're really yeah. excited about seeing. But if you have you and your significant other have uh, some have a date night and a, uh, a babysitter's booked, that's a movie you go see just because it's there. It's 95 minutes. It's uh, got a bunch of people you recognize. You don't need to know the intellectual property or plot lines from 17 <laughs> different Disney Plus shows for this movie to make sense. It's just it delivers what it promises. Is there a bear on screen? Yes. Is that the cocaine bear? Yes. And and you've it, it just gives you what you want. Rob, I want you in my pitch meeting if I ever have a movie, because you just said it right there. That's exactly right. It's just a movie movie. Let's go see a movie. You don't even have to necessarily know anything about the film. You just say cocaine bear. I'm in. That's great for theaters. I hope we see more of this. Even if it's not your cup of tea, it's still great for theaters to have movies like this out there. Paul DeGarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead, a couple of suggestions from our Monday Stock Picker. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A strong weather front has pushed through the area, but there are still lingering showers in the forecast. Other parts of the country taking harder hits from late winter storm systems. As people change jobs more frequently, lost retirement accounts are a growing problem. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a pair of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM business markets are higher. The Dow is up 147 points. The NASDAQ is up 107. S&P 500 is up 24. We have 57 degrees right now at O'Hare under partly sunny skies. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. Strong storms carrying heavy downpours moved through the area overnight and continued into the morning. The National Weather Service in Chicago issued a tornado warning for central DuPage County just before 10 o'clock this morning after a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a twister was spotted in the Warrenville, Naperville area. No touchdown was reported earlier. A tornado warning was issued for northeastern Champaign County.
Damage assessment and cleanup are underway after powerful storms that have ripped through the U.S. heartland. Severe storms, including possible tornadoes, caused damage in Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Chelsea O'Reilly was home alone with four kids in hard-hit Norman, just south of Oklahoma City. Was sitting on my couch. My power went out. Within five minutes of the power going out, we heard two large thumps, and then the moment we heard that, my daughter covered her head and her back window busted out behind her head. More than a dozen people were hurt in the Oklahoma City area. More severe weather is expected today in parts of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Jim Crisilda, CBS News. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are gaining ground. We're joined by Brian Battle, Director at Performance Trust Capital Partners and Advisor at PT Asset Management based in Chicago. Brian, thank you for joining us today. After a sell-off on Friday, uh, what's driving this rally on Monday? Yeah, we're getting a relief rally here, Rob. You know, we had a pretty good year going going so far this year. You know, year to date, uh, the broad measure, the S&P is up about 4%. But if you look back a little bit to like the past 12 months, the S&P is down about eight and three quarters percent. So a little bit of a relief rally. We're feeling a little bit better. But this is really, you know, up 140 points on the 32,000 point as uh, Dow isn't really that much of a move. We are getting some relief because there's not a lot of economic statistics this week. We're kind of economic statistics light. So we have some relief. The economic statistics will get more important next week when we get unemployment. Because in the short term, the market is being driven by the Federal Reserve. We've had really low interest rates for about a decade. The Federal Reserve is starting to reverse that policy and rates are going higher. How high and for how long is what we're all trying to figure out. I mean, this this really is uh, uncharted territory for a lot of people because uh, the last time interest rates were this high was 2007, and before that in the 90s. And the mm-hmm. uh, the the recovery from the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009 was engineered deliberately as to uh, not go too quickly, so you didn't have this immediate buildup in inflation. That was that led to the to terms like the jobless recovery. Yes, Rob, you're exactly right. So that is, that's an incredibly important point, is that there is no historical corollary. There's, this is, we've never done this before. We had experimental monetary policy. We had rates near zero for 10 years. So as we leave an era of experimental monetary policy, this will also be experimental. So if anybody tells you, oh, it's just like 07, or this is just like 1929, or that, that's not true. We've never done this before. So we are learning as we go. And so what that implies is that the market's going to be bouncing around a lot because the Federal Reserve, it doesn't know what's going to happen either. Jerome Powell, who's the chairman of the Federal Reserve, they said, hey, what are you going to do about rates? And he said, we will be data dependent. So they're waiting for the, for, they're waiting for the economy to report back. How are things going? Because their job, the Federal Reserve's job, is to hold inflation at 2%. So it's probably way more important this week is stuff like earnings reports. We're getting earnings reports out of uh, Occidental Petroleum and Costco and Best Buy and Target, which will give us a real good flavor of what are consumers doing. The economic statistics are going to be really noisy because there's so much crazy stuff that's happened in the past two years. I think it's important to look towards what are real businesses saying about their business. Are they making money? And what are their prospects in the future? Earnings are a lot more important these days than economic statistics. Every time uh, the market uh, gets the jitters uh, from some sort of uh, piece of data that suggests that maybe uh, the interest rate hiking cycle will continue higher and for longer, uh, traders head for the hills. And by the hills, I mean bonds. And the bond yields go up. So how can you make that work for you? 
Yeah. So um, the, the, the thing that you have to start with is, am I going to own stocks and bonds? If the answer is yes, the question is, in what proportion? How much risk do I want to take if I own stocks? And how safe do I want to be if I own bonds? So the good news about the bond market is interest rates are higher now. So it, you, for 10 years, you had money in checking account. You couldn't earn anything. Right now, if you bought a treasury bill that matures in a year, you're going to earn 5%. So you can actually earn something on your savings, and there is some safety in fixed income these days. So how much risk do you want to take? The way to answer that question is not what if, like what if the stock market goes down? What if the, que- the question you have to ask yourself is if then. If stocks go down 10%, am I okay to hold my stocks? If stocks go down 20%, am I still okay to hold my stocks? That's a personal question for everyone. So what you should do is model some some scenarios to say, hey, boy, if I'm I'm – 60 years old and I cannot take a 20% drawdown in the stock market, then maybe you have too many stock, your stock exposure is too high. So the, the place to be and the place to hide these days is in the bond market because you can earn some interest, which is different than it has been for the past 10 years. Brian Battle, Director of Performance Trust Capital Partners and Advisor at PT Asset Management based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, making sure you don't lose a retirement account when you switch jobs. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. As people move through multiple jobs in their career, there's a chance they can lose track of their retirement accounts along the way. Let's get some help from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer Officer, Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, thank you for joining us this afternoon. And uh, how common of an occurrence is this where someone uh, loses track of a retirement account they may have had two or three jobs ago? Well, it's common enough to be newsworthy, and we're talking about in the noon business hour, there's some 24 million accounts, $1.3 trillion of unclaimed retirement plan balances, Rob, and it's such a big deal that Congress has finally gotten in on the act because at the end of last year, they passed the SECURE Act, and a small provision is trying to create a national database to start handling all of these unclaimed retirement balances. If uh, you are pretty certain you may have lost track of a retirement account from a couple of jobs ago, or maybe you just don't know it, uh, until this database comes online, is there something similar to the uh, Illinois Treasurer's Office uh, missing money database where you plug in a social security and uh, out, out it comes? Well, you know what? There's a lot of things that people can do, and I encourage everybody just to start by going to your email inbox and searching 401k. See if there's anything that's come in your email or inadvertently moved to your junk or deleted folder. Once that's done, quickly contact your old employers. Maybe see if you were a participant. And then ultimately, yes, Rob, you could go to unclaimed.org. You could go to unclaimed retirement benefits. Benefits.com, and that would be another launching point, a service that might point you in the right direction for your unclaimed property. And let's say we have uh, an unclaimed retirement account that's uh, just been kind of uh, sit- sitting there gathering digital dust for a couple of years or maybe even a, a decade or beyond. Um, once you find it and once you take control of it once again, what are some things you can do to uh, maximize the value from it? 
Well, I think just be intentional with your investing. And by being intentional, Rob, I think everyone today does a much, much better job of being diversified. But let's start being diversified with a purpose. Let's make sure we're investing in good, low-cost, core stock indices for exactly that, the core of our portfolio. Strip out some of the unnecessary costs. And then once you have developed a plan, you can add what I call some satellites to potentially enhance your return over retirement. It's all about doing your homework. And when you do your homework, or if you choose to partner with great advisors, they're going to collaborate on that journey of being more intentional with the money, which will drive better results through awareness longer term. And then uh, as someone who is a veteran of uh, spending a long time on the phone with a uh, retirement account trustee from a a long ago corporate bankruptcy, um, what are some things that you can do to have your documentation in order so you're not on hold uh, with a customer service rep for 45 minutes to an hour or beyond? Well, again, I think it's just being prepared. If you're going to be going into this lost property search, looking for that old 401k plan, have all of your information, right? What companies did I work for? At what dates was I there? Very important. What might be my date of termination? You know, that's another way of saying, when did you separate from service? And of course, have all the basics ready to go in terms of what your old email address might have been, what your old address of record might have been, because very oftentimes the reason this money goes into lost property, again, Rob, $1.3 trillion is because not only do people move jobs, but we all change addresses and not all of the mail gets forwarded. Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday stock picker. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's Stock Picker Monday, and lending a hand today is Ken Crawford, Portfolio Manager with Argent Capital in Clayton, Missouri. Ken, thank you for joining us today. You have uh, two selections uh, this week, and one um, answers a trivia question for a lot of people, and that is, uh, uh, you may not know what the FI in FICO means, and you're going to answer that question. Yes, sir, uh, and thank you for having me, Rob. The FI is Fair Isaac. So the company is Fair Isaac, and FICO is Fair Isaac Company. So what they do, I'm sure, as you and your listeners know, is provide credit scores for people, whether they want to get a mortgage, an auto loan, etc. Um, we like the company. We like its position because, as you noted, everyone knows FICO. So it's kind of like Kleenex and Xerox was back in the day. Um so the ubiquity of its use certainly has appeal for us. In addition, what the company has been doing of late is increasing its cost to the banks and other agents that use the FICO score. And the absolute cost to those banks, et cetera, is relatively small, but a small increase for the price of a FICO score is as you would expect, 100% margin for Fair Isaac, the company. So we like their position, we like their ability to price, and, and obviously we like the stock. And your next one is a big name in navigation. 
That's right, Garmin. Um, and I'm sure, again, your listeners are familiar with the company and back in the day probably had one of those uh, GPS systems that they stuck onto their windshield driving. That business kind of went away when smartphones embedded that technology. But uh, throughout that period, Garmin continued to be a leader in aviation, marine, outdoor fitness. Um, so we like that position for the company. The company spends considerable money in research and development to continue to produce cutting-edge GPS-related uh, products. And then of late, um, its auto business has actually begun to improve. So instead of selling you those standalone devices, Garmin is uh, is partnering with automobile manufacturers to use its technology in BMW, Mercedes, et cetera, cars going forward. So we like that change and, and positive reintroduction in the auto business. Ken Crawford, Portfolio Manager with Argent Capital in Clayton, Missouri. Thank you for joining us on this Stock Picker Monday. His selections this week, Fair Isaac Corp., the uh, ticker symbol FICO, F-I-C-O, and Garmin Limited, G-R-M-N. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.